This is Nomina's Mental Health Mavens, where each week we bring you guests from the mental health addictions and holistic care community to talk about different issues and treatment modalities. Now, guest opinions are their own, and some content may be triggering. But at Nomina, we work with complex, treatment-resistant mental health and addiction, so we know the importance of making exceptional mental health accessible to everyone. With that, today's guest is Dr. Jabeen Bimji, who is here to talk to us about DVT, or Dialectic Behavioral Therapy. Let's welcome Dr. Bimji. Maybe we can start by giving us a little introduction on who you are. So my name is Dr. Jabeen Bimji, and I am a registered clinical psychologist here in the province of British Columbia. I obtained my training uh, largely at Idaho State University in the States, um, where I completed my master's and PhD. Uh, I then pursued my uh, internship at Emory University in Atlanta, where I got a lot of training on various different settings, inpatient, outpatient, uh, largely doing CBT-based interventions. Uh, And then I did my postdoctoral fellowship at Stanford University in California, where I um, got more extensive training in uh, cognitive behavioral approaches, as well as DBT. Uh, So that's where kind of my training in DBT comes from. Do you miss California? I miss the weather. Yes. (laughs) And actually, I really miss Atlanta. Atlanta was awesome. But Comox, where you are is absolutely gorgeous. For anyone who's watching who has never been to the Comox Valley, highly recommended. It's beautiful. Uh, Absolutely. Well, why don't you start by telling us about dialectic behavioral therapy? Sure. So um, dialectic behavioral therapy is a form of therapy that was developed by Marsha Linehan. And the development of this therapy largely came from her observations of individuals in inpatient settings and people who kind of kept returning to inpatient settings. And so when you see somebody continue to show up in inpatient settings over and over and over again, I guess you start to look for patterns. So some of the patterns that she observed informed the development of DBT. And in her observations, she saw kind of a, a couple of different pieces. So people who continue to kind of show up to DBT, sorry, to um, inpatient settings struggled with recurrent suicidality, developing kind of tools and strategies, but not being able to integrate them into their lives when they left the inpatient setting. Uh, and there were certain themes she saw as well pop up in terms of how these individuals related to their emotions, related to the world and related to others. So DBT is largely structured around three different modules. And those modules are um, distress tolerance, so being able to tolerate discomfort and distressing um, emotions, emotion regulation, so kind of noticing that that lack of stability in in emotional experiences um, and wanting to help people find more um, consistency in their emotions and be able to have tools to regulate that. Um, And then the last is around um, interpersonal effectiveness. So she observed a lot of uh, tumultuousness in relationships. So the, this form of therapy is largely, largely developed around those three main themes. And that's what you would kind of start to dive into if you were to uh, take part in DBT therapy. Okay. What would be an example of a DBT skill that um, say I even I could take into my daily life? You know, there's so many. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I put you. So on the no, spot. that's okay. That's okay. So I would say that across the um, the three different modules, one kind of common piece of it is that 
regardless of if it's within the context of distress tolerance or emotion regulation or interpersonal effectiveness, oftentimes individuals who benefit from DBT tend to see the world in a bit of black and white. So a theme across all three modules is finding the gray area, whether that's in relationships. So recognizing that you have needs, but the other person that you're interacting with also has needs and finding balance between that. Or, you know, when you um, feel like the world's going to end, also recognizing that there are beautiful parts of the world as well and finding kind of the balance and gray in that. And then also in the context of emotion regulation, finding the gray between feeling or just kind of expressing yourself really, really kind of loudly and finding a little bit more gray in that as well. So I think that the common theme is finding the gray. And across all those modules, I think that we'd all benefit from tools that kind of focus on finding the in-between. Yeah. Yeah. I've been accused of having black and white thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't we all? (laughs) Now, is there a difference between CBT and DBT? I mean, I hear the two played around together a lot. Yeah. So um, DBT can actually be called a, a third wave CBT approach. So what that means is, you know, there's been more research on CBT. It's a little bit older. Uh, there's a lot of empirical support behind that. DBT, uh, the strategies and tools used in DBT are really kind of focused on looking at thought processes, looking at behavioral tendencies and challenging them both. But there's a bit more specificity to DBT in terms of who would benefit from it and what that work looks like, whereas CBT kind of is the umbrella term to incorporate all of it. So somebody who maybe is doing CBT-based work might actually be introduced to things that are also present in DBT, uh, but with less structure built around those three modules. Uh, And you said something about it being who it's appropriate for. Who is DBT appropriate for? So I would say that, well, first of all, I guess, you know, DBT was developed for individuals who struggle with borderline personality disorder. That's kind of where the roots come from. But it's important to acknowledge that even, even personality falls on a spectrum. Just because you don't have a personality disorder doesn't mean that you don't have little features of, you know, borderline personality. It doesn't mean you're always, you know, totally emotionally regulated. So while it definitely is intended for individuals with borderline personality disorder, we all kind of have little tendencies that fall within that spectrum and could therefore really all benefit from it. So if you struggle with regulating your emotions, if you struggle with tolerating distressing feelings, if you struggle with, um, you know, when your relationships not being very effective or struggling with, you know, not being able to keep friends or getting in frequent conflicts, DBT skills can be really helpful for you. So it's not really limited to one particular kind of person or, you know, diagnostic category. It really does benefit individuals who struggle with those pieces. So DBT is, from what I've heard, an excellent excellent therapy for anyone who's struggling with suicide and suicidal thoughts. Can you maybe tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So again, oftentimes in individuals who struggle with borderline tendencies, we see kind of repeated suicidal gestures, intention, ideation. What that really leads into in relation to DBT is the distress tolerance module. So learning to kind of sit with difficult emotions, um, to do things like improving the moment ever so slightly, to find more effective behaviors, and to understand the chain of events that lead to suicidal gestures or ideation is a part of how somebody might engage with DBT. And so I think in that regard, I think DBT can be really helpful for somebody who experiences sort of that repetitive suicidal ideation. I had it recommended as an option for me after I had lost my daughter and I was struggling with the um, emotional regulation. I was either really shut down 
or something would happen and I would stress cry and crater and it just, yeah. so in a situation like that, it would be useful. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, some of the kind of basic emotion regulation tools that you might start learning are just about kind of labeling your emotions, noticing them in your body, finding acceptance for them, not trying to change them. And so that would absolutely benefit somebody who's kind of moving through the stages of grief as well, because I think oftentimes we feel quite judgmental of ourselves as to how we're supposed to grieve or what that should look like. And so I can absolutely see that being beneficial. Yeah. 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 We're going to do a segment on grief uh, at some point here on the channel. There's a woman that is a grief recovery specialist and I'm very excited to, to talk with her because yeah, yeah, it's not linear. It's, it's, there's so much to it and they, especially when there's trauma attached to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we're kind of taught that, you know, these are the state, these are the stages, and this is kind of how, how it should look, but really it's, you know, absolutely, like you said, nonlinear and we bounce back and forth between acceptance and denial and depression and anger. And it's, it's not, it's not a straight line at all. Is there anything that you wanted to add in closing? Well, one thing I could um, elaborate upon is the different ways that um, DBT can be disseminated or shared. So there's different kinds of ways that one can engage with DBT. Now, the most kind of comprehensive, I say comprehensive, uh, but the most kind of full um, package DBT that somebody can experience is a comprehensive program, a comprehensive DBT program. And what that tends to include is um, you're engaging with various different components of DBT. So you're engaging with individual therapy. You're engaging with uh, group group therapy to learn DBT-based skills. And you're also able to access like live one-on-one therapy in the moments when you're actually experiencing distress, you have the contact information of your provider. And those are quite specific programs. And so um, somebody who you know really has been struggling with repeated suicidality and is kind of more in that severe borderline space might benefit from more comprehensive programs, whereas some individuals might benefit from just um, engaging with skills programs and things like that. So um, I would say to anybody who's interested in DBT, doing a little bit of research as to which kind of program would be most appropriate for you. Do you just need some skills? Do you feel like it'd be really helpful to be immersed in a full program that would be kind of very comprehensive? I think that would be just an important differentiation to make for yourself if you're interested in DBT. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. If there's anything you want to do in the future, you let me know. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Okay. Take care. Bye.